Greetings to all of you. I want to welcome all of us at Center Street Church on this Thanksgiving weekend. Now, in the past, we have not always focused the sermon theme on this weekend on Thanksgiving. When we've been on other sermon series, uh, we carried on with it without uh, stopping to address a special Thanksgiving message. After all, it can become redundant. How many times do we need to be reminded to be thankful? But this year, after all that we have been through, we desperately need a reminder from God's Word to give thanks. I don't know about you, but if I'm honest, there have been several days in the last few months when I have struggled to be grateful to God for His blessings. Worse, there have been many days I wake up with thoughts that are far from thankful. And I'm sure I'm not alone. Many of you feel the same way as well. One person put on Facebook, I'm not turning my clocks back this year for daylight savings time because I don't want one more hour of 2020. Well, that sums it all. 2020, the most anticipated year, the year that we all look forward to for a long time has turned to be a disaster. Now, how can you be thankful when you're in the middle of a pandemic, when we are confronted with numerous threats and challenges day in and day out? Concerns about health, about economy, jobs, living in isolation, fear about the long-term repercussions of social restrictions, COVID outbreaks in schools and hospitals. Don't you feel like saying, come on, give me a break. Can I have some good news for a change? There are legitimate concerns we all have. But at the heart of it, there is an attitude that is raising its ugly head. COVID-19 didn't cause this. It merely lifted the lid for us to see what is lurking on the inside all along. It is the attitude that describes our day and age so well. Entitlement. I deserve better. I don't need to put up with inconveniences. The chief goal of my life is my happiness. I get what I want. This attitude is so widespread among all age groups, across cultures, especially here in our Western world. And unless we battle with this attitude, we will not be able to celebrate Thanksgiving meaningfully this year. While entitlement may be everywhere, this is how it looks like in the Christian circles. God owes me. I did God a favor when I placed my faith in Jesus, and now He has to ensure that I'm happy. He exists to keep all my problems at bay and meet all my wants. And if God doesn't deliver the goods, He owes me a big explanation. That is a Christian attitude of entitlement that is so prevalent today. Now, how do we cope when God says no to our demands? When dreams come crashing down, when things don't go the way you expected. How can we be thankful amidst a global pandemic that has been raging for eight months and still things are looking so gloomy? 
We are going to look at a character in Scripture who responded in worship even when God shut down his plans, even when his dreams didn't come to pass and his ideas and plans were set aside. The character I'm referring to is King David. Let me give you a little bit of a background to the Scripture text that we're going to be looking at today. Ever since David received the promise from God to be the next king of Israel, he was on the run from Saul. Finally, after about 15 years of waiting, the promise is fulfilled. And David is now king over all Israel. Life is good. Battles have been won. Giants have been slayed. David is enjoying some much-needed peace and rest. Now, David has a grand idea to build a temple for God. This was his moment to give back. So he consults with the nation's pastor, Nathan, who gives the green signal. But later, the word of the Lord comes to Nathan that David is not the one to build the temple. That privilege will belong to his son, Solomon. So God denies David's request. But along with that, God also reveals through Nathan his plans for David and his family lineage. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, David responds with a prayer of thanksgiving. David's prayer teaches us how to battle against our feelings of entitlement and be truly thankful. We're going to read God's Word together. So wherever you're watching this, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor the reading of the Scripture from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 18 to 29. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, Sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant, and this decree, Sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, Sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great you are, Sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt." You have established your people Israel as your very own forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established in your sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servants, saying, I will build a house for you, 
So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, Sovereign Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we know that we are living in challenging times. But as we take time to pause and reflect, we see your goodness, the way you have led us thus far. And our hearts can't help but be thankful and adore you and worship you. So I pray for every one of us listening to my voice, that, Lord, you would speak to them, that you will encourage their hearts and build their faith, that truly our hearts will be flooded with thanksgiving. So we give this time to you, and we pray these things in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. King David had a dream to do something significant for God. He aspired to build a grand temple so people from everywhere can flock to this place and it will make Yahweh, the God of Israel, famous. When David checked with Nathan the prophet, Nathan confirmed this indeed was a great idea. In the ancient world, it was common for kings to build temples for their gods. It was believed when the king builds something for a god, the temple will make that deity famous, and the deity will be so happy, in turn, will bless the king and make him famous. So that was a common perception among the nations surrounding Israel. But Nathan comes back to David the very next day, and says, David, I'm sorry I spoke too soon. We have to change our plans. And David receives the disappointing news that he's not the one to build the temple. That privilege will be extended to his son, Solomon. Now, if you're David, you can huff and puff, you can throw a fit and say, hey, do you know who you're talking to? I am the king. I get my way around here. I have brought peace in Israel. I don't need nobody's permission. And if you get upset when you hear the word no, if you are agitated when you don't get the answer you're looking for, when you are angry that your plans have been shut down, that is a clear indication that you have a problem with entitlement. Now look at David's response here in our text, verse 18. Then King David, as soon as he received the word from Nathan, then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? Advertising today capitalizes on this you deserve mindset. They sell products by making appeal 
like you deserve the nicest car, the biggest house, the luxury cruise, the best clothes, the juiciest burgers. After all, you are special and you have earned the right. And that just speaks to the core of the human heart and puffs us up instantly. In a world of entitlement that believes, I deserve this because I am so and so, and my family is extremely special, it is refreshing to read David's prayer. Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family? This is the king speaking, the guy on the top of the org chart. But David knew his story. He knew where he started and the journey that he had been through. From a lowly shepherd in Bethlehem to becoming the king of Israel and occupying the palace in Jerusalem, this was quite a ride. You know, the distance between Bethlehem to Jerusalem is only six miles. But for David to get to Jerusalem from Bethlehem, it took 15 years. A journey of six miles consists of about 21 chapters in the Bible. David had to run as a fugitive. He was hunted down like a criminal. And after all the hard time that he endured, David knew this very well. It was not by his hard work, perseverance, and self-effort he made it to the top. But this was a testimony not to human achievement, but to the grace of God. So here in our text, we see David reflected on his unmerited blessings. This is why ten times he calls himself in this passage as the Lord's servant. He may be the king holding the highest office in Israel, and his family may be revered and esteemed by everybody. But at the end of the day, David saw himself as just a servant of the Lord, one of his slaves. When you reflect on your unmerited blessings... And realize, God has not blessed you because you deserve it, but He has just been good to you, gracious to you. He has been mindful of you. That will keep you humble. Reflecting on unmerited blessings is the key to humility. Ultimate praise belongs not to you, but to God. It really doesn't matter who you are. You may be in a position of influence today, but don't forget your roots, where you started, and you are where you are in life because God has brought you to this place. Let that be your testimony, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And if you are someone going through a difficult time, a difficult season of life, look for those unmerited blessings and name them one by one. Call them out. Identify them. 
for you will be truly amazed at how good God has been to you, even though you didn't deserve it. Now, I want us to read a text in verses 20 and 21 in the message translation. Look at what it says. What can I possibly say in the face of all this? You know me, Master God, just as I am. You have done all this, not because of who I am, but because of who you are out of your very heart. But you have let me in on it. Isn't that a great translation? Someone said, God's giving reflects the greatness of the giver, not the receiver. The blessings overflow because of who he is, not because of who we are. God knew David. He knew all of his weaknesses. That three chapters later in the same book of the Bible, David will have an affair and fall flat on his face. And in spite of all that, God blessed David. It's sobering to realize that God knows you inside out, the deepest motivations of your heart, and still His love for you doesn't change. When you look for the unmerited blessings of God in your life, you will be flooded with thanksgiving. Now, we live in the northeast part of Calgary, and in the month of June, our part of the city was hit by the worst hailstorm in the entire Canadian history. It caused a loss of about $1.2 billion. My wife and I and our kids were inside the house when golf ball-sized hail came down at an alarming speed. We were shaken. The kids were screaming. My wife was screaming louder. It was a crazy, crazy experience. Now, only four years ago, we had another hailstorm that had caused extensive damage to our home. And now we had this one in June, and it was three times worse than the previous storm. And I think it's time to move to some other part of the city. So if you're a real estate agent watching this, can you please give me a call? No, just kidding. You know, right after that storm, we just came outside our door and we saw our neighborhood. It was a mess. Broken glass pieces everywhere because the windows were shattered. Pieces of shingles and sidings shattered everywhere. It looked like a tornado had just gone through our neighborhood. But the very next day, I had many calls from people from our church calling to see how we were doing. And before we knew, we had a cleanup crew of about 20 to 25 people cleaning up our house, and we cleaned up the houses of several of our neighbors, and it turned into a great opportunity to witness the gospel and share Christ's love with people in our neighborhood. And after this whole experience, I said to the Lord, Who am I, Lord? And what is my family that this many people will come and express their love and kindness to us? What would have been hours of painstaking labor cleaning up all of this mess? It was all 
taken care of. And we were blessed and we were able to bless other people. And even in what was a bad situation, God came through. Not because he owes us, but because he is good. This Thanksgiving, yes, we are all a bit somber because of COVID and the restrictions surrounding it. But in the midst of all of that, will you take the time to express your heartfelt gratitude to God for the unmerited blessings, the divine favor, the amazing things that he has done in your life for which you cannot take credit. David reflected on his unmerited blessings. It led to humility and gratitude. Secondly, David reflected on God's character. I want us to look at the text in verses 22 to 24. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever and you, Lord, have become their God. Now, the problem with entitlement is we place ourselves on the pedestal. But when we meditate and reflect on God's character, it puts us in the right place. We are not as important as we think we are. He is important. If you notice this prayer of David, seven times he makes reference to God as sovereign God. David then says here in our text, there is no God like you. No one even comes close. God, your character, your nature, your track record puts you in a league of your own. And David just marvels at who God is. Reflecting on God's character led to a, a deep sense of wonder and awe. David is so impressed by God, so awestruck, that he couldn't help but worship. Nobody is forcing him to do that, but it is the natural overflow of a heart that has seen the glory of God. And then David talks about Israel as God's people. Because they belong to God, they are special, they are set apart, and God has his hand upon them. David says in the text, when you redeemed Israel, you made a great name for yourself. See, that is true of the church. 
We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. But the spotlight is not on us, but it makes God look great. We are his trophies. When you look at a trophy, you don't just admire the trophy, but the person who's behind it. For a trophy represents something. It represents the greatness of someone who won the cup. So in the same way, our lives as Christians speak of God's greatness. We are reflectors of His splendor and glory. And here's the deal. Trophies are special to the person who triumphed. It took a lot of effort and commitment to win the trophy, and they take good care of it. So if we belong to God and we indeed are his trophies, be assured that he will take good care of you. So what are we afraid of? What can get the better of us? For we belong to Jesus. COVID-19, economic recession, instability in the world around us are no match for the God we serve. He is sovereign, he is in control, he is trustworthy, and he has a plan that includes you. So this Thanksgiving, reflect on God's unchanging character, and it will lead you to a profound sense of worship. So David reflected on his unmerited blessings. It led to humility. David reflected on God's character. It led to worship. And lastly, David reflected on God's purposes. Now look at the text in 2 Samuel 7 verses 25 and 26. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel. Yes, God had denied David's request to build the temple. But he was receiving something far better. This was a way better deal. David had thought of building a house for God, and God says to him, you don't have to build a house for me because I'm going to build your house. God was referring to David's dynasty. This is often called the Davidic covenant, that through the lineage of David, a king was going to come who will establish a kingdom that will last forever. That is a prophetic reference to Jesus, the Messiah, the king who will come in the lineage of David to establish God's kingdom rule. See, David had this small idea of building a physical temple for God in Jerusalem so a few thousand people around Israel can come and learn about God. But God had something far better. 
For God was thinking about the salvation of the whole world, of every people group in this planet. And what God had planned for David far exceeded his imagination. And that's what always happens. Our plans dwarf in comparison to God's. His thoughts are way higher than ours. Because God's promises are reliable and trustworthy, David believes them with all his heart. Reflecting on God's purposes leads to trust. See, God did not give a reason at the time for David's disappointments. Why he withheld from him the privilege of building a temple. But David had to believe that God had a good reason and that he is going to trust. I tell you, we all will face situations in life that we don't understand. Mere human reasoning alone will make no sense. But in light of the grand picture that God has given to us, we choose to believe even when we don't fully comprehend. Know this for sure. God can be trusted. Yes, we may be discouraged because of what COVID-19 has done and the impact that it's having globally. But don't focus your attention on the short term. Don't fix your eyes on the present circumstances. For God has already told us how everything will pan out. He has given us the big picture. The Bible gives us a glimpse of the grand finale. So let's fix our eyes on these eternal truths. And our present circumstances will pale in comparison to the glorious future that God has for all who trust in Jesus. So humility, worship, and trust, that's how we battle against entitlement and move into a celebration of thanksgiving.